When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Shrekman, joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts or diving deep into the Steelers Raiders week 16 matchup at Acrisure Stadium, the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. I think that uh, that game we've talked all week has, has a different meaning now. It's uh, a much sadder event than it was supposed to be with the sudden and uh, I, terrible passing of Franco Harris. Um, you know, dude, that, that meant a lot. This is the first time we've been live since that event happened, so we want to send all our condolences to the entire Harris family, everybody that he's met, everybody that loved him. Um, great dude. I had the honor of meeting him a couple of times and he just like, he was somebody that like never, he never like talked like he was above anybody. You know what I mean? All the good things that you hear about Franco Harris, I, I, I witnessed in, you know, the few times that I've met him. So very grateful for that, but the Steelers will play in a tundra. It is freezing cold outside. The wind sounds like it's about to fly through my window, smack me right in the face. Uh, if that happens, we just keep it rolling. Could change a lot for the Steelers heading into a Saturday night game on Christmas Eve. I think the weather is supposed to be about four degrees, 50 degree wind chills or 50 uh, mile per hour wind chill. I don't know. It's it's a crazy one. But first, I want to say everybody stay safe out there. And I know it's cold in Kentucky. So I feel it, my friend. Man, it's frigid. I can't remember the last time it was this cold here. It's uh it's negative five degrees right now, negative twenty-five wind chill. Uh walking yes. out of work this morning was wild. I, it's been a long time, like I said, since I've been that cold. But um, you know, I was joking around on our draft pod talking about football weather. This ain't football weather. Like football no. weather to me is the cold. This is the Arctic. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it does make for some interesting storylines for this weekend. Um, and then just kind of to echo what you said, just kind of about Franco. Um, very, very disappointing um, kind of series of events this week. Very unfortunate. Thoughts and prayers go out to his family, friends, all that stuff. Um, Franco is a, a guy that, um, you know, I don't, I didn't have very much interaction with. Um, but when I was a kid, um, my dad was at a camp that he was um, participating in. And my dad got him to sign like a Mitchell and S jersey. It's like That's he awesome. inscribed it to me. So it's something that like hangs in my basement. So it's definitely something that, um, you know, hits a little hits a hard a little bit for sure for a lot of people just because of not just, you know, how great of a player he was, but um, kind of the, the humanitarian aspect of it. Um, it's, it's definitely a tough pill to swallow um, for sure for so many people in the city. Yeah, I, I've talked to so many people the last you know day or two about you know, and they've just gotten emotional talking about how great of a person he was, and you know, you could just kind of look at that and say, one day I hope that when I leave, I have that same impact 
Um, but yeah, great dude. I, I think that it adds so much emotion to this game that was already there. Uh, I saw, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I couldn't confirm this with anybody. I didn't think the Steelers were going to leak it anyways, but I saw a picture that they're painting the the end zones to replicate the immaculate reception, which I think yeah, is sick. Yeah, looks great. Looks great. Um, they're going to do the halftime retirement still for his number. They did cancel like most of the things today because of the weather. And then obviously Franco was set to speak at, at the immaculate reception, like the official anniversary that happens at three forty one today. They're still going to do the broadcast, which is cool. Um, but there is like a ton of emotion. Do you, do you think that, I, do you, do you use that? You know, I think Mike Tomlin kind of brushed that to the side and said like, you know, we're not looking for added motivation. We're professionals. But, you, but you, do you, did you believe that? Or do you look at this and go, you know, you play for Franco, like, you know, that's a big night. Yeah. I mean, even the guys on the team, despite there being, you know, a 50 year gap between, yeah. you know, the beginning of Franco's career and a lot of the young players, particularly on the Steelers offense, um, they do have connections with this guy. I mean, this is a guy that was around the facility, around the city, um, a very big figure um, in the Pittsburgh sports landscape. So I think it's very hard to just completely r- remove the emotion aspect. Um, yep. But again, they are professionals. Mike Tomlin is one of the best in the business at getting his crew ready to go. So, you know, I think that they will try to downplay the significance of that, but I have no doubt that, you know, the crowd's going to be fired up um, and the players will want to put on a good, good show regardless um, of the situation. You think there's there's a jam packed Acrisure stadium? I I could tell you that just negative five degrees, just haven't been to games like this in person that are really this cold. I was at the Steelers Dolphins playoff game in 2016 um where it was like negative wind chilled on that day um and then i've been to a couple other like really really bad weather games granted most of those had playoff implications where i'm not really sure that this one does but um you know i definitely think that the guys that are guys and uh, ladies that are going to be there are definitely going to make some noise because if you're willing to stand out in those type of conditions, you better be rowdy uh, or else you <laughs> might as well just, you might as well just stay home with the rest of us. Right. So um, the only other thing I'd like to say about um, the, just the situation in general, I hope it opens up some eyes, um, you know, just an incredible, unfortunate situation, but I hope it opens up some eyes in the Steelers organization in terms of, maybe being a little more urgent in terms of giving these guys their flowers while they're still here. Um, And you can't predict the future. I mean, this could have happened at any given point in time. Um, And like I said, it's just an unfortunate situation, but I just absolutely hate that we waited, you know, 50 years to kind of give this guy his flowers by retiring his Jersey. And then, you know, he doesn't, he, he almost makes it, but doesn't um, get to see that happen with his own two eyes here. And, you know, we're not able to celebrate him, his life, his career um, in person. I, that's just, it's a very tough feeling to kind of just brush off. And I, I think that the Steelers, you look at their organization, Franco's obviously a big part of their history, but they've got a several other big name type of guys that are kind of waiting to see if their jerseys get officially retired, even if they're not going to be um, handed out um, unofficially moving forward, but I just hope that there's a little more urgency with that moving forward. You know, let's let's do that while these guys are still around, while they're still able to be celebrated in person. 
Um, there's just no need to wait, you know, 50 years. Um, same thing with like Joe Green, you know, back in 2014, I was there the night they did that ceremony. Um, and it was an awesome situation, man, getting to getting to celebrate him. You know, they did the renegade uh, rendition with, you know, all of his highlights. That was so cool. I saw the video on my phone. It's an awesome thing. But um, I would just like to see more urgency from the organization in that in that regard. Just my opinion. No, I, I agree. I think that it and I think that it did. You know what I mean? Like I talked to Art yesterday or two days ago, whatever day it actually happened. Um, mm-hmm. And you could tell like it, it it was bothering him like a lot that like, yeah, yeah. I mean, him and Franco were very close. So obviously that was bothering him. But like you could tell that like there was emotion behind the fact that he wasn't able to celebrate this night now. And and I think it is like I think it is a, a change. I hope. I agree with you. Like, you know, there are a lot of guys in this organization that deserve their flowers right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I also respect the Steelers and their decision to be so stern with retiring it's numbers. Selective. But yeah. yeah, but, you know, at the same time, like, you know, maybe have those discussions 30 years after the player makes yeah. the greatest play in franchise history instead of, you know, 50. And, and I think that could come. I do think that could come. All right, let's talk. Steelers Raiders it is going to be a cold one we just said that I, I, the wind chill has the degrees at like negative four or something 50 mile per hour wind gusts and I'm telling you I didn't believe it until I woke up this morning because I literally thought I could hear the wind like scraping my house away <laughs> that's how crazy the wind is right now and it's supposed to get wilder like t- today is warm it's I think it's like 40 degrees outside right now or like 20 it's supposed to drop down to zero, stay zero all day tomorrow, and then drop or rise to, I think the high is 11. But by 8.30 at night, it's zero. And it's a strong zero. How much How much does that change things for either team? Does it completely eliminate a guy like Deontay Johnson? I feel like the weather is the biggest question mark heading into this game. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. You know, I was um, a guest on my buddy uh, Marcus Johnson's uh, YouTube show that's airing today, uh, doing a Steelers Raiders preview. And, you know, he mentioned the fact that, um, you know, Derek Carr hasn't played very well in cold weather. He hasn't been exposed to it a bunch, but like mm-hmm. these conditions are relatively new for him as well. Um, and then the Steelers um, aspect of that, you know, they've got a rookie quarterback who, you know, everyone through the draft process kind of, uh, wanted to hammer home, you know, the fact that like, you know, don't worry about the weather thing because, you know, Pickett's played in Pittsburgh. He's used to that. Well, like, while some of that is true, um, you know, college football season pretty much is over about the time. Yeah, December nobody's hits. played in this. I mean, you're not you're not playing in games like this in college. So um, I think it's a good litmus test for Pickett. I think it's a good thing. Uh, an interesting storyline for Carr as well. Um, you know, how, how much this is going to affect their game plan. Um, it's going to be dry now though. It is harder, you know, in the cold like that, it is harder to cut the football loose, um, from a quarterback perspective, but it is going to be dry at least. And I think that's somewhat of a solace in terms of, you know, the passing game still being relevant in this one. Um, but you know, the Steelers want to run the ball. Uh, Vegas has been very run heavy of late too. Um, and, and they, they like to get after it as well. Uh, you mentioned Josh Jacobs. He's having a career season for the Raiders. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out and what type of urgency and philosophy the offense has kind of come out of the gate with. 
do you i agree but do you do you take it into account the the wind gusts like does that because you said dry which it makes sense but the wind has got to be what is the wind predicted to be at um game time 50 mile per hour winds yeah but wind gusts so i'm guessing that it like calms and then goes yeah, so I've only been to, I think, one game live that had wind gusts like that, and it was Cleveland um, in 2016. Um, we were exiting the hotel room um, in the lobby, and the one of the doors literally shattered because it just slammed and broke <laughs> the glass. It was that heavy. What? Um, I will say, like, Ben that day had some – I mean, of course, this was Ben, like, you know – the tail end of his prime. So, I mean, he was still able to just cut the ball however he wanted to, but it it was very difficult um, to throw the ball in those conditions. So um, again, it kind of just depends on if that's a constant thing. Is is the wind like a swirling wind? Is it at their back? Is it going one way? Is it going both ways? Like there's so many different things that that definitely does um, take into account. And we can get into a little bit about how that affects um, specifically the Raiders passing offense. Cause I think that that um, does play an account into what they like to do um, offensively with Josh McDaniels. So the winds at, at Acrisure have always been known to be like swirly. Like it becomes, mm-hmm. cause it works its way in from the river and then it just gets entrapped. So it just starts working its way around. That's why kicking field goals are so difficult there. I mean, I, I want to know how does it impact the Raiders passing game because Derek Carr yeah. let me tell you my experience with Derek Carr you know this is Baker Mayfield lost me a lot of money because that dude <laughs> lobs balls like and my that's the most of what I've watched from Derek Carr this season outside of like the film that I've watched this week but from what I've seen that dude just, just lobs him up and hopes somebody yeah. comes down with him it's funny because uh I talk a lot about quarterback narratives and how they die hard man I think there's still people that think that cars this like check down charlie type quarterback like he was when he first came into the league um and that's just not the case um i believe Derek carr has the most touchdowns of over 20 plus air yards over the past five seasons um i think it's like him patrick mahomes like he's at the very top of that list um and this year really has been no different i mean they've had some crazy success um it's actually in my what to watch for article that i'm putting together uh, before we hopped on here. Uh, but Derek Carr actually leads the NFL right now in um, touchdown passes of over 20 yards uh, with 11. He's tied with Geno Smith. So um, he has had a lot of success um, throwing the ball on the field this year, uh, particularly Devontae Adams. Um, did a film room on Adams as well. That's one of the biggest differences between like how Adams was used last year under Matt LaFleur's system in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and his transition over to um, the Raiders system with Josh McDaniels, um, they're just using him more as a vertical threat, like not just this guy who's an excellent route runner on all these like choice routes um, and things underneath. Like he's getting down the field more. Adams, eight touchdowns of over 20 yards, um, also leads the NFL by two. So, um, yeah, the win could have a massive effect on like, you know, how their passing game really wants to operate. So. I think that that's that that's what I mean. Like you could dive into and coming in here. I again, I did not trust the wind. Like anybody, time somebody says, "Oh, it's going to be insane winds," I'm like, "Okay, like let's relax, people." Mm-hmm. I woke up this morning. My mindset was, "Okay, let's talk Raiders Steelers." Now it's 
I think everything has to change. Like you look at the game plan from both sides of the football and you're now looking at Najee Harris and Josh Jacobs as the guys because you can't just toss the ball down the field to Devontae Adams and expect it to be where you'd like it to be. I mean, I get that it's Devontae Adams. You could probably put it in a pretty safe distance and hope that he comes down with it. But you also have to account for guys like Minka Fitzpatrick and Cam Sutton back there who aren't going to be easy to, you know, just overlook in this situation when the weather plays such a serious factor. Um, And I think that's my mindset heading into the game is just like, this is now a very strong running game. Like a Josh Jacobs will touch the football 45 times a game, you know, and he's dangerous. You said that he's having a career year. He is having a career year. You know, what is he, is he as good as his insane 300 and whatever yard game says he is, or, you know, is he maybe people freaking out a little bit? I, I, I'll tell you what, man, I don't know where this came from. And not that I've ever thought that Josh Jacobs is a bad player. I've, I've always thought that Josh Jacobs was a solid player. Um, I never looked at him like as this huge game-breaking type of running back. Um, but he has probably been the player around the league that has surprised me the most this year, hmm. just in terms of, um, you know, coming out of really nowhere. Again, not yeah. a bad player over the course of his career, but just um, – He's been fantastic, man. I mean, it has been a joy to literally watch, just watch him tote the rock. Um, and I think it's pretty legit and uh, sustainable. Um, it's easy to forget that Josh Jacobs is only about 20 days older than Najee Harris. Like, Jacobs came into the league as a really, That's nuts, really actually. player. Yeah. I mean, you think about that. Um, we look at Najee, you know, as this, like, really young player, um, you know, ascending type talent, you know, and yeah. Jacobs as this veteran guy. Um, to the same age. So, um, but just some of the numbers that I had kind of like wrote down for Jacobs in terms of being really impressive on the season. Uh, Jacobs has 984 yards after contact this season. That's um, nearly a hundred more than Derrick Henry. And that also leads the NFL. Um, and then just in terms of broken tackles, he's broken 41 tackles, which also leads the NFL eight more than Damian Pierce who's second. So um Yes, very much sustainable. Um, the Raiders offensive line, in my opinion, has been a little bit better than I anticipated because I was just kind of looking at the names um, early in the season through preseason. I did not have very high hopes for that group. Nope. Um, but, you know, they've kind of pieced some things together. They've used a bunch of different combinations to try to figure out what works best for them. Uh, McDaniels has leaned into a lot of those heavy personnel looks. Um, they play a lot of like 21 personnel. Uh, with two running backs, mostly a fullback in there. Um, and, you know, they've, they've had some success with it. And you have to give uh, McDaniels credit for, I think, kind of unlocking this aspect of Jacob's game. It's kind of crazy that, like, Josh McDaniels and Matt Canada have had somewhat the same season. Like, it's they came in, they stunk, their team stunk, everybody hated them. And now, towards the end of the year, you know, they're just like barely out of playoff reach and both teams are clicking on all cylinders the way that they need to. I, I do want to touch. I do want to ask this. I was listening to uh, Bussin' with the boys the other day, but it was an old episode. It was the it was the pivot cast was on there. And the first thing that they talked about was Derrick Henry and Ryan Clark went on this whole rant about how Derrick Henry isn't a power back, whatever. Do you I've, believe, I've heard do, runs. I've heard. Yeah, runs do you have that same that. notion? Do you believe because you just used Derrick Henry as the scale of Josh Jacobs yards after contact, you know, and according to Ryan so, Clark, 
Derek Henry if I remember is 400 pounds in the speed back. If I remember correctly, uh, Clark's reasoning for that take was that uh, Henry whenever he is kind of one-on-one with smaller DBs than how he attacks linebackers when he's one-on-one. Um, I don't know that I agree with that, to be honest. I mean, Derek, he just has a very unique running style in terms of being, you know, he has, he's real upright because he's really tall. Um, so I think that that kind of masks some of how just powerful he is and how great of an athlete he is. Um, I don't really know if I've ever seen a guy that runs like Derek, to be honest, because you don't really see guys that are that size uh, with that type of footwork and that type of breakaway kind of speed like he has. Whether it's speed or power, I just know he's a really good player. Um, I, I think it's a little bit <laughs> doesn't matter how it happens. Yeah, it, it's a little bit of a hot take by Ryan. Uh, just you know, I say this all the time, but you got to be really careful about you know stuff that goes kind of off the wall a little bit like that on social media because you know you got to be really wary of uh, people just looking at clickbait stuff. And I think well, that's a bit of Ryan. I, I saw it. I saw it like I saw the whole episode. That was the first time I actually ever saw that, which I was thankful that I didn't see. That's a take he's had for several years, to be honest. Yeah, that's what they were going off of. Is like he's been saying that on ESPN mm-hmm. or whatever. I, I I don't know. I didn't I didn't trust it, but I did want to I did want to set the baseline if Josh Jacobs is you know being used in the in an example yeah. of Derrick Henry that Derrick. That's Henry, why I say that. That's why I say, too, like, Jacobs is – this is sustainable, I think, and this is not a fluke. Like, this is not where Jacobs is just um, getting thrust into a new system and they're making everything easy on him and, you know, he's got – No, he's got – half his offensive line is hurt. Yeah, I mean, this is – you know, Jacobs has been doing a great job, you know, creating for himself. And that that's really the mark of a great back, you know, when you don't have that – you know, dominant offensive line and you're having to, you know, get yards after contact. You're having to make guys miss in the hole. You're trying to, you know, break arm tackles. He's doing all that this year. And like, he deserves like massive praise for it. You know, I think he's got, he's up to like close to 1500 yards rushing. I mean, who knows what happens down the stretch? I mean, the Steelers have allowed some massive games on the ground and then they've had some weeks like last week where they've been excellent. Um, But, you know, 2000 yards isn't necessarily like, I mean, it's going to take some, a lot of work, but it's not necessarily out of the realm of possibility for him this year, which if you'd have asked people um, coming into the season, what's your expectations for Josh Jacobs? They probably would have said like, Oh, he's thousand yard bag, probably going to hit free agency. They didn't pick up his fifth year option and boom, you know, breakout year. Mm -hmm. So the contract year, I guess it's a real thing. Uh, I know everybody talks about that a lot, but it looks like a real thing for Josh Jacobs. No, it is a real thing. That that's a good. I'm glad that you touched on the Steelers last week because I think that's, but that's important. I would have definitely forgot about it. They they did. They held Carolina what 21 yards on the ground last week. A very strong running team. What did you see from there? Like, what did they do well compared to the week before when they let Baltimore do whatever they want? I think you know. It's I don't know if it's ever as cut and dry as uh, we try to make it seem like sometimes. I think the Steelers did a better job last week getting off blocks. I think they were more um, purposeful, I'll say, in terms of making sure they had more bodies to cover all the gaps. Um, And I just think uh, with Carolina, you know, the 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 tape was the tape. They wanted to add a bunch of extra bodies. They would use these um, this six offensive linemen kind of um, scheme. 
And, you know, they put, you know, offensive linemen in the backfield in front of Dante Foreman and things like that. So um, it was very obvious that they wanted to get downhill. They were a very power team. You know, they, they run more power than pretty much anybody. Uh, but just what you look at what they did um, last week in particular, they ran a bunch of stack boxes and which really just means that, you know, Edmonds was coming down, playing in a box as that extra defender. He was excellent last week. You talk about a guy yeah. that really changed the game, in my opinion. Uh, three run stops. Could have had a fourth one. Ended up missing a tackle uh, later in the game. But three straight run stops um, was really solid in terms of tackling on the day. Um, and then just the defensive of line I, I, that played better um, in terms of just maintaining gap integrity and not getting pushed out their gaps. So, um you know, credit to them. And that that's that's the weird thing about the NFL, man. Like we can sit here and look at all these numbers and trends and things like that. Anything can happen on a week to week basis. So like trying to figure out all of this different stuff and where teams have the edges is fun, but like they still have to go out there and execute. And, you know, Carolina didn't do that um, against the Steelers last week. And you have to give the Steelers credit for bouncing back because like we talked about on the pod, they got punked out. Baltimore yeah. came into their crib, pumped them out. And, you know, I, I love to see that response last week to where it, it looked like a defense that took a lot of pride and was like, you know, this is this ain't happening. We're not going down the same road we did last year. Uh, we're going to bounce back. Um, let, let's ride and stop the run. And, you know, they did that and they got the dub. I think that's that's the biggest concern with the defense this, this week is I don't know what the status of Edmonds is going to be. He's questionable now, but he hasn't practiced all week. And, like, mm -hmm. it hasn't been like a – you know, like Deontay didn't practice, but Deontay said he's going to be fine. Hamstrings yeah. are different. Like, that's a very concerning. Those soft tissue injuries are are where you're like, uh, anything could happen. Like, that's a how do you feel in the moment type of situation. So it is, it, I think that's my, because, you know, Demonte KZ, very good. Not the run stuffer that Terrell Edmonds is at all. I mean, or yeah. finding the quarterback. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Because, I mean, the Steelers have absolutely... Um, love to lean on those three safety sets. And that that's something that, you know, has become a big part of their identity on defense. Um, but you just look at like just some of the similarities between, you know, the Panthers and um, even, even the, Ra the Ravens. I think that that's, this is one of the encouraging things for me from a Steelers perspective. Some of the stuff that the Raiders do offensively schematically is a little bit similar with mm -hmm. they, them having played some more power-based teams like Baltimore and Carolina. Um, and, you know, we talked about Carolina using like an offensive lineman as a fullback. Like no one pretty much uses a fullback more than the Raiders do this year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they've had a ton of success um, in doing so. Um, well, I shouldn't say no one, but uh, they're, they're in the top five in terms of usage. But you look at um, – their run plays when they have two backs in the backfield, uh, they're averaging 5.2 yards per carry. Um, they're sixth in attempts on the season. So 5.2 yards per carry, pretty dang good. That's efficient living. That's how you're able to stay ahead of the the chains. Um, so, so it's going to be another good test for the Steelers for sure. Yeah, 100%. I just want to give a shout out to our boy from Germany. My dude, appreciate you. I appreciate you That's watching awesome, all man. of our work for real. Yeah. 100%. Uh, huge shout out. It's always cool to what well, Germany might be the coolest. We've had some really cool people jump in here and let us draft know that weekend. they're from all draft over. Draft weekend, we have people from everywhere, man. Everywhere. It's awesome. And I think that's the coolest part is like just seeing how big the community has grown. And 
you know, we appreciate you. We like from the bottom of the heart, appreciate you. All right, let's talk Steelers offense before we get into picks. You know, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens was a surprise illness. I think that that's something to monitor when it's zero degrees outside and you're dealing with something that has kept you away from the team at least for a day. But first, you know, we got a boy, our, we have a word from our boys over at True Classics. The holidays are almost here, and there is plenty of t-shirt cheer thanks to our sponsor, True Classic Tees. Fellas, we have the perfect gift for your wish list. True Classic Tees are a gift for you, for her, and a great present for any guy in your life. True Classic is on a mission to maximize men's confidence by making them look good. Trust me when I say that this is a gift that the ladies will appreciate too. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men look great in their tees, and now you can save big while you do too. While you do too. Get 25% off at True Classic with our exclusive link, trueclassic.com slash allstealers. And the discounts don't stop there. You'll save even more during their site-wide sale. Support our show and check them out at trueclassic.com slash allstealers. If you're rocking a Santa bod, True Classic might be the Christmas miracle you've been waiting for. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on certain body types. Well, True Classics team designed t-shirts to make the fellas of all sizes out there feel comfortable in their clothing. These tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. A desirable look that can be achieved by any body type. They give you the wide shoulder and tapered bottom look that we're all looking for, and the quality of the t-shirts are elite. From going to the gym to your first date, there is no better look than a fresh tee. They offer other menswear as well, ranging from polos to workout shirts to even boxer briefs designed to keep your boys feeling nice and comfortable. They make it super easy to build out your wardrobe with their elite, true classic quality. They have a true pack builder on their website where you can design a bundle just like you want and save even more. And for the big fellas out there. They have long options for the tall guys and up to 3XL for the defensive size players. True Classic also makes the perfect gift or stocking stuffer for all the men in your life. Dad bods got you covered. Root bods, you know it. Your average Joes, yes, sir. Get yourself or someone you love the number one gift on Santa's list. It's a gift for you, but really a gift for her. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com slash allstealers. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com slash allstealers. Santa won't be the only one slaying thanks to True Classics. All right. Let's talk uh, Steelers offense. Uh, we, we broke down a little bit of what the, the wind, the weather is going to do. It, it's more of when you look at Vegas's defense, who has been, I want to say, better in recent weeks. I, you know, my understanding of the Raiders early in the season were all around. They were just a very bad team. In the last couple of weeks, they've turned that around. I watched film from their last two games, and then I watched their Rams game live because I cried a little bit. Um, when you look at this defense outside of Max Crosby, obviously, what stands out to you that's somewhat of a concern for Pittsburgh? Also, you're muted. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt your average. Um, no, uh, you mentioned Max Crosby. Crosby's playing at like a defensive player of the year type of level. Um, he has been absolutely phenomenal this season. Um, it's it's really been awesome to watch him play. I mean, he had that year last year where he was 
incredibly disruptive. I believe he led the NFL in pressures last year. He's right yep. up there at the top again again this year. Um, Crosby is a terror off the edge. I mean, he has a nasty, you know, two-hand swipe move that he uses religiously on the outside um, that he kind of sets those right tackles up um, off the edge. And then once they begin to overset, he has a nasty inside swim move that he kind of goes to as a counter. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a big game for Chooks Okorafor. Um, the good thing is Chooks does a good job getting out of his stance, which will hopefully prohibit uh, some quick pressures, but Crosby's kind of, he is a little bit like TJ Watt. They do play uh, kind of sort of similar. Uh, both of them play super, super hot all the time, just hundred miles an hour balls to the wall. And I really appreciate guys like that. The biggest probably change you mentioned them playing a little bit better over the last couple of weeks. The biggest change that I can see is Chandler Jones has went Dude. from pumpkin to, to back to like a really good player. I don't, I don't yeah. know how that, I mean, At 40 years old. Chandler Jones was extremely bad uh, for the course, bad. over the course of the year. And I don't know what's happened, but over the past month, he has absolutely turned up. Uh, you look at Seattle, eight pressures, the Chargers, 11 pressures, LA, four pressures, New England last week, four pressures. And then he, you know, stiff arms Mac Jones to win the game. Um, incredibly disruptive. Don't know really what's happened. Um, you know, I think that part of that is him playing some less than ideal competition and he's kind of taking advantage yeah. of some bums. And then I also just think like some of that could just be, um, you know, him maybe finding his stride and, you know, playing just him playing better. So um, Jones is a really interesting player. He is one of the most unique edge rushers in the league because we talk about edge rushers um, in particular on the draft podcast and what the most important thing for them is. And that's that first step. You have to have this get off. You have to be able to threaten tackles on the outside shoulder. Jones is not like that. Jones literally comes off the ball extremely slow. He does not care that you know about it. He does not want to beat you with speed. He is going to come off methodical and he's going to wait for you to give him your hands and then he's going to swipe them down and use whatever move he wants to try to get to the quarterback. So um, he's very different from like the 99 other percentile edge rushers in the league. Uh, but him playing better, in my opinion, has been the biggest um, the biggest difference for their defense playing a little bit better over the past couple of weeks. I want to I want to address both sides. So for one, do you think that this is a I don't want to use the word the term make or break, but do you think this is a solidified game for Chooks? Like you shut down Max Crosby, you're safe. You don't we can know we no longer have to talk about whether or not he's going to return next season. Or and on the other side of that, do you think that the lack of speed with Chandler Jones actually helps Dan Moore because that is obviously where he lacks most of his ability? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting because Jones is going to test that anchor of more. And that's what I oh, kind of, yeah. I actually have been, um, I haven't really discussed this a bunch on Twitter. I think Dan Moore's playing a little bit better recently. And I think he deserves Oh, past three weeks, he's been it. playing great. Uh, great. He's been playing good. I don't want to say that I'm crossing off left tackle in terms of like draft needs. Whoa. I'm <laughs> kind of, I, I am leaning towards like pushing that down the list. Uh, just because I think I really do think that he's shown improvement. I mean, the use of independent hands, especially leaning more on that inside hand, has been very beneficial for him, especially since the bye week. And 
I think there's been a little bit of improvement with that anchor that I thought was going to be a fatal flaw for him. Um, he's got to clean up the penalties, you know, taking one penalty a week, whether it's, you know, a false start or a hold or that usually happens early in the games. He's got to clean that up. But I've been encouraged by what I've seen from him. This These next three weeks, he's a guy that I'm definitely focused in on in terms of seeing where he's at on his development. Um, and he could play himself into a situation where the Steelers don't really feel the need to upgrade that spot unless it kind of falls into their lap. Um, but in terms of Chooks, I don't know that how much this matchup necessarily um, plays into their thought process on next year, if he's going to be back or not. I think he will be. Um, I do regardless, too. regardless of what we feel like, you know, his value is um, the thing with, with Chooks is though, like, you know, he's being paid right now as like a top 10 right tackle. Um, so when you go up against these elite matchups, like not saying that he's going to neutralize uh, Max Crosby altogether, but he needs to hold his own. And like, Crosby is the type of guy that can wreck an entire game plan. So um, that's priority number one. I, I anticipate they're going to give him some help uh, because they did so with Brian Burns last week. They paid him a lot of attention. Uh, so I, I anticipate that that, be, that that being the case again this week as well. I'm still stunned that you just said that left tackle might like be removed from the draft the all season it, long it's, like, it's getting kicked down it, it's drum. not it's not i'll tell you i'll say this right now i would be very surprised if i felt like left tackle was on the same plane as cornerback 100 I, I think cornerback is far and away their number one uh issue right now in terms of like heading into the offseason i i mean i agree with that i definitely agree with that i just we spent so many weeks on this podcast talking about how bad the Steelers need to address left tackle. And with three yeah. weeks left in the season, it has come out that maybe they're fine. Maybe I try it's to, all okay. This is something too, like I, that I definitely try to keep in mind when I'm like, you know, giving my unbi- unbiased opinion on players and like the team and the direction of the team. Um, your opinion in terms of like, do if you're in this space, uh, your opinions need to be fluid. You know, just because you think oh, yeah. something like it, it, the I use this phrase a lot. The film's the film. Like what you put on film is what it is. So like, uh, you know, players, when they get upset when they're not playing well and, you know, people are on them, like the film that they put out is the film. And like that's We're putting that on the same, it, it's the same way with guys that, you know, have been much maligned and criticized like Dan Moore. He's taken a lot of heat over the past year and a half because, you know, there have been a lot of times where he hasn't played well. Uh, but for a young player, I think over the past month, he's playing better. And I think he deserves credit for that. And when you're talking about a guy that um, is only in his second year, if, if that arrow is still pointing up, you know, the Steelers may elect to, you know, spin that pick um, somewhere else. And that just, you know, I, I also am taking into account that, you know, the Steelers don't value left tackle like other teams do. You know, other teams yeah. may not be willing to settle for Dan Moore, who's like a baseline starting left tackle, in my opinion. That's how he's playing right now. And I think the Steelers will. Um, if he continues to play like he has over the past month, they, they're more willing to settle um, for that type of performance. But just because, you know, over the years, they haven't really, um, you know, prioritized that position very much. All righty. I'm putting that on. We're putting that on a T-shirt. The film's the film. The film's the film. That the film. All right. Um, our boy from Germany had a question earlier. I want to make sure that we address that. Kenny Pickett is wearing a new helmet. It's the same one that Pat Fryermuth wears. It's the one that looks like um, 
a space Spaceship. helmet. I can't, yeah, <laughs> like it is crazy. But he's also wearing a visor, and it's not because and my first thought was it's because of a concussion. It's actually because or because of the concussion. It's actually because he said that you could fit a fist through there and you could get punched in the face and he doesn't want to get punched in the face, which I thought was a great reason, you know, like that would suck. I also can't believe that they've made an NFL helmet where you could get punched in the face. These are grown. These are the scariest men on the planet. And you're just like, yep, whatever, man. Like, do you, do you think it does have any impact in, uh, how he plays, you know, just like adjustment wise, not, not necessarily negative impact, but just like anything that he has to get used to, especially the fact that it's going to be snowing and raining and you're wearing a visor. I personally don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, haven't played with a visor before. Granted, I wasn't playing quarterback at the time. I don't think yeah. it's a huge deal. I actually think it's a bigger deal. Um, Maybe because it's in prime time and the lights. I know some players like preferred the visor or didn't prefer the visor, depending on like what time of day it was. I have heard that before. So that's something Um, he has practiced with it for a couple weeks now. So I'm sure that newness of it, um, granted, he hasn't been getting hit. I'm sure the newness of it is starting to wear off a little bit. Um, it's, It's something to monitor whether he's comfortable or not with it um but yeah that those those helmets they look uh they look really silly but i was surprised that um i was surprised that he didn't switch honestly after the first concussion i i, I thought that, yeah, that would, for, especially with what had happened uh with pat you know having those three concussions and you know a matter of 20 something games or whatever um already in his career I, I thought that the steelers would try to talk him into you know switching um earlier even after the first one but i think it's a good a good call on his part um the helmets seem to have good reviews from people that you know are in the know on that type of thing which is not myself um so hopefully you know no issues with that but it is it is worth monitoring i don't i don't think it's um that big of a deal though in my just my opinion no i i don't think i think that if it was a weather if it was a regular weather game like where it's just sunny in the middle of the day who cares? even if it was at night like who cares it's a clear visor my only thing that I will be watching is it is going to be gross outside. So, you know, you are going to, it's going to be like driving a car, you know, with, without windshield wipers. So things could get foggy. Yeah. I mean, see, I think for me personally, um, I look at the weather, I'm I'm looking for a different type of thing. I'm looking for how his arm looks in these type of conditions more than anything. I want to, I want to see like if he's able to really drive the football, um, in these conditions, you know, granted, I, I don't, I don't know if like how much like pre- precipitation we're going to get um, if any, but I just know how, you know, it's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. I'm looking forward to seeing how his arm holds up in these types of conditions because, you know, granted, you know, it's not necessarily Buffalo where it's just nasty all the time um, yeah. this time of year. Uh, but Pittsburgh, you know, if you're going to play up North and the AFC North um, this time of year, you, you kind of be able, got to be able to deal with weather conditions. It's, it's not always going to be, you know, sunny, you're not playing in a dome. You're not playing, you know, in L.A. where it's, you know, 50, 60 degrees even, you know, in December. So um, that to me is definitely something worth monitoring um, if you're looking forward to keeping an eye on something that, you know, we need to see moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Do you do you think it has any impact on a guy like I mean, George Pickens is people not talking about the fact that him and DeMarvin Leal are experiencing their first winter in their lifetime? and now have to play in negative four degree weather on Christmas Eve. Um, But do you like, does that change anything for a guy like Deontay is all rhythm. The dude is 
if you put a football where it needs to be, I'm going to make sure that I'm there before the guy before me. Like, how much does that impact these guys? Like, does it just completely eliminate them? Yeah, I mean, they're going to need to be – Kenny's going to need to be on time for sure. I mean, any of these late throws or anything like that, you talk start talking about wind and things like that with his arm strength. Like, he's he's going to have to be on time or early um, on everything, especially those throws to the sideline that they really typically lean on on offense. Um, you know, Pickens is really interesting. We haven't talked about him a ton yet, but he's got a really interesting matchup this week. So, um, Rocky Scene is – uh, he's been playing good ball for the Raiders, um, or at least he was early in the season when I was really watching some more Raiders like defensive film. Um, but he's actually out. He's already been de- uh, declared out for this game. Last week, Sidney Jones, uh, former first, second round pick, uh, he started in his place um, and then got benched. And then they brought in Amik yeah, Robertson, who um, Robertson was a guy that I really liked coming out of La Tech feisty corner I, I love the competitiveness the fieriness that he plays with but he's five eight so oh, um and he was playing on the boundary <laughs> he was playing on the boundary that last week and there was some good moments and then there was some um you know some moments that i think you'd expect for a guy that's you know a rotational depth piece um but i think that um you know the raiders they they do give you some man coverage looks and you know i think that that's definitely going to be, um, you know, something that the Steelers are going to probably look to exploit. You know, last week he was targeted seven times, only gave up one catch. Um, there was now all of those reps weren't necessarily clean from what I saw on last week's take, but um, you know, he, he's a good player. He's really competitive. I just foresee that the Steelers are going to take some shots over the top, assuming that he's lined up across from Pickens. Are you taking shots though in this weather? Like that's the, I know I keep talking yes, about the weather, yes, but like, are yes. you still taking shots? Oh yeah, definitely. Cause it doesn't matter. Like here's the thing, like it's not the Steelers downfield passing game um, over the course of the season. Has yeah. It's been, not like, it's, it's not like a, Oh, this is beautiful. It's like, all right, George, not, George is going to catch it. Yeah. We're not exactly just seeing the quarterbacks drop dimes over and over. Like a lot of these <laughs> catches are, you know, him making contested catches over defensive backs. So if the ball hangs in the air, in my opinion, I think it almost favors Pickens because um, he's going to be able to track the football in the air better than the DB is. So I'm still, I'm still 100% um, expecting them to take some shots down the field. Um, And I think that, you know, George still has a highly high likelihood of coming down with, um, you know, some big plays too. I tweeted out, some uh, interesting numbers on Pickens, just how insanely good he's been um, over the course of his rookie season. I just don't think we're appreciating what he's doing at 21 years old um, enough, really. Um, on throws that 20 yards down the field, he's tied for third in catches with 12. He's first in contested catches with nine, uh, sixth in yards with 364, and he's fourth in total EPA. I mean, this is a kid who's 21 years old with a, we'll just call it less than ideal quarterback situation and um, offensive coordinator situation. I think that that is, um, he has been, in my opinion, there's some, still some people talking about production stuff, like why aren't, why aren't his counting numbers more uh, impressive? And I'm like, dude, Pickens has been everything that I thought he was going to be coming in, coming out of Georgia. Yeah. Um, so I, I am very happy with, with uh, his progress. Yeah. Yeah. Pickens is a monster. I mean, look, I don't want to be the guy that says that I came on here in June 
and said that Pickens is a star, but I was, and people, I had a thousand. There was our only YouTube video with 1,000 comments on it. All thousand of those comments were people telling me that I'm an idiot and that I jumped the gun on that. And I just, you know, I like to remember that. I like to remember that all the time. All right. Um, Let's make our predictions first, though. Anthony has not asked it. A little disappointed in that, but it's 8 o'clock in the morning, so people are probably working. What are your uh, what are your matchups to watch here heading into the game? Oh man. Uh again, I, I think I think it really for you know the Steelers offense, um, I think it just comes down to those edge rushers. You know, J- Jones is really hot right now. Um, you know, Dan Morris anchor against Jones, kind of unorthodox style of rushing, and then just Max Crosby, that two-hand swipes lethal. Uh Chooks is gonna need to have a good game. On the other side of the ball, um, I am very interested to see how they are going to stop Devontae Adams. Um, if you're yep. really interested in like the film aspect of that, I've got a film room coming out this morning that you can check out. Um, but Adams, you know, the way that they're using him intrigues me. I've always thought that Adams is, you know, an elite, elite receiver, one of the best in the game for sure. Um, not just what he does for himself, um, but what he does for others. Um, if you watch the Patriots game last week, um, the Patriots are notorious for trying to take away opposing team's best weapon. Um, and they were in, near the red zone and, you know, they elected to basically cloud the coverage and um, double team Adams. And then Darren Waller hit a seam up the up the middle of the field and there's no one there. Uh, and that that touchdown is literally made possible because of the gravity um, from Adams pulling that safety away from where that guy would normally be um, as the post player. So. Um, how they elect to stop him, I don't know. Um, I, I have a feeling that maybe we see some more like cover two stuff this week. Um, I would assume, of course, the weather they could they it could be so like windy that they just you know kind of throw that out and say, all right, we're just gonna shell out to stop the run. And if Carr beats us with his arm down the field, then so be it. Um, but I, you know, those, those are just kind of the interesting parts, and then. Just in general with Vegas, like I said, we haven't really seen them healthy this year. Um, Their offense, you know, they're eighth in points per drive. Um, I mean, it's been a good offense over the course of the season. They just play really, like, methodical. They play a slow game. Uh, McDaniels, there's not a lot of bells and whistles to this. I mean, it it is the New England offense. Um, Yeah. They do what they do, and they basically say, come and get it, see if you can stop it. Um, and you know, now that Renfro's back and Waller's back healthy, like seeing how all of these pieces kind of fit together is really interesting for me. I don't know how much it moves the needle for Vegas moving forward, just because they seem like they might be at a crossroads with Carr. And are they going to run it back? Are they going to rebuild? I don't know what I don't know what happens. Maybe the next three games decide that I don't know. But um, I'm interested to see how the pieces fit since we really didn't get the chance to see that over the course of the season. So. Um, those are just a couple of things I'm looking forward to um, in general. So I agreed. I, I'm very interested to see when it comes to Devontae Adams. I have a feeling that Devontae KZ is going to is gonna be that number two guy on him for most of the game. Very intrigued to see uh, how that – because I think KZ is very good cover cor- or cover safety defensive back um, and can play well in that situation if Edmonds plays. I think if Edmonds doesn't play that – changes a lot of what the Steelers defensive plan is. But if he does, Devontae Adams with Levi Wallace and Devontae KZ is 
I don't know. It's not, it's not ideal, but I think it's interesting. One thing that's really interesting to me personally is the Steelers. You know, we, we've talked all season about how, like, man heavy they have been, you know, more, yeah. way more so than they ever have been in the past. Um, you know, I think that they lead um, – they, like, lead the NFL, I believe, in, like, cover one snaps. And that, to me, is very interesting because, like, Derek Carr doesn't see a lot of that coverage. And the reason yeah. for that is because, you know, obviously in cover one, you've only got one safety in the beat middle of the field, which means you really, really have to trust your corners uh, with Devontae Adams to go out there one-on-one and win some battles. Um, and Adams is so impossible to guard one-on-one because of some of the things that he does well. You know, he varies tempo. He can beat you deep. He's a great route runner. He beats press with ease, the late hands, does everything well. Um, so I'm interested to see like how much the Steelers are really able, like able and willing to kind of push that button. Like how confident are they that they can win some snaps, um, out there on the boundary single covering him. Um, I am hoping that it's not very often. <laughs> I, I don't think say, that that's going to end. Zero. Yeah. I don't think that that's going to end, um, you know, the way that they necessarily want it to end, but we'll just have to kind of see, um, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, I am, I am scared to death after watching, you know, Adams tape this week on what he could potentially do to the Steelers after they have struggled with wide receiver ones all season long. So, um, good luck. There is no, uh, yeah, there is no wide receiver one like Devonte. I'm nervous. There is none. I'm nervous. <laughs> um, yeah. One one little thing I want to toss out there before we make our our selections here is, uh, I saw somebody. Uh, maybe uh, I think it was a Josh McDaniels interview. I don't know. I didn't even read the story. The story was titled Josh McDaniels time in new England helps him or makes him comfortable in cold weather games. And like the, the weather that's going to be in Pittsburgh. And my first thought was who the hell cares that your coach is comfortable in zero degree weather. He is not the one Brady with him. Yeah, like, what do you do? Like, you're just like, all right, guys, well, you know, it's really cold out there. I know that when you hit the ground, it's going to feel like you just ran into a brick wall. But, you know, I'm fine over here. Like, I've done this before. So you guys, you guys should be just fine. I was like, what are the, what are you asking over there in Vegas? I just had, I've been waiting all day to, to say that all morning. Um, to answer this real quick, uh, are the Raiders already in Pittsburgh or will the weather delay their arrival? If I had to guess they were f- scheduled to fly today, I would say this afternoon after their like final practice walkthrough or whatever, I think that would depend on how crazy the winds are in five hours or so, six hours or so, uh, I guess later than that, because the Steelers will have their walkthrough until about 12, 1230. And then the, the Raiders, I would guess, are the same thing, but they're three hours behind us. So they probably wouldn't even leave for the airport until about four or five o'clock. So depending on how the weather is this afternoon, it could delay them. If they, if it is crazy, I would guess that tomorrow they fly in. But if the wind's chilling, then I think they won't have any issue getting to Pittsburgh. Um, so that's that's my concern there. All right, let's uh, let's make some picks here. We, um, I thought I lost them. We, uh, oh, where did it go? I lost, I lost Carolina. I don't know what happened to Carolina. I don't remember I if we, we won. We both, we both picked the Steelers to win last week, but I, I think I went with. Got it. 
I'm about to say, I think I went with the over. I think the under. I think no. I was wrong on the over under. You you hit I the under the... actually for the first I actually time. Did hit it? Yeah, twenty. Uh, the over under was thirty seven and a half, and you went twenty to sixteen. Look at you. Look at you. Yeah, be what was the final me, score of that game? Uh, oh man, I don't remember. I I know I didn't hit it, but you had to be real close. Like real close. Uh, twenty four sixteen. Now uh, you're twenty to sixteen. You were close though. Yeah. All right. Oh, actually, the so over. Yeah. Wow, we're terrible. All right. This week it is the Steelers favored by two and a half with a thirty eight and a half over under. Right now, the weather tomorrow expected to be a high of 12 degrees, low of one. It has actually risen one degree in the last 20 minutes since I've checked while we were talking here. Um, Snowing all day today with a high of one degree. So everyone in Pittsburgh, stay home. Two and a half points, 38 and a half over under. What are you feeling here? It's tough because just go with your other instinct. Like whatever you're uh, over the past like week or two, I have leaned towards the Raiders winning that this game. Um, because Derek Carr played, yeah, Derek Carr's played well against them in the past. Um, but I just. I don't know. I can't see the Steelers losing after the Franco thing. No. I just, I, I think there is going to be a little bit added incentive. The Raiders' defense is really rough. Um, if you can slow down that pass rush, um, the injury to Rocky Sin, I think, is going to end up being a, a part of this game as well. Um, I want to take the Steelers. Um, I guess I'm going to take the under. I, I think that the weather being what it is and potentially limiting some of Carr's impact on the game, um, you know, because the passing game, it's a, it's more important, I think, in terms of Vegas because they have the ability to get in a shootout and the Steelers don't. So I think that it plays more in the Steelers' favor, especially because they're at home. Um, so I'll take the Steelers. Uh, what's the over-under? 38 and a half? 38 and a half. Uh, let, let's go. I, I'll go 2016 again. Uh, the Raiders are very, very bad in the red zone. I'm banking on some Daniel Carlson field goals. Um, good kicker, but you know, I, I don't know how, I don't know that they're going to get to the end zone more than, more than once. I'll say one touchdown, three field goals. Um, the Steelers scored three 20. field goals and 50 mile per hour wins. Yeah. Carlson's a dog, man. He, he's good. <laughs> I, I, I know that he's definitely not, um, talked about like the Justin Tuckers um of the world but yeah he's a I think he's like a top five kicker Vegas is bad at the red zone too like I uh they've got some weird stuff um McDaniel sometimes man he's a guy that um McDaniels does a lot of great stuff as a as a game plan guy as a schematic guy um but man he 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 has so much confidence in his own stuff and overconfidence in my opinion like where he just tries to make um some some odd decisions like you know focusing on mac hollins in the red zone and stuff like that just wild but i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna go steelers win they pull it off all right steelers win 20 to 16 does defense or offense win this game D- defense 
it's got to be the defense. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say the defense. Well, I'll say the defense combined with the weather. <laughs> <laughs> I think the weather, I think there's a lot going in here. So um, I don't feel good about my pick whatsoever because I don't just don't field goals just seem very unbelievable to me in this situation. Um, but I'm going to pick the Steelers as well. You know, you got all the emotions of Franco. You just, you know, it. I don't I don't want to use Franco as the reason that they win, but it's just like it, there's there's emotional levels to how you select games and you put this much emotion out on the field. You got to pick like you can't go against them on top of the weather. The fact that it's going to be crazy. And yeah, maybe Josh McDaniels has some time in New England, but Devontae Adams and Derek Carr have been playing all se- season in a spaceship dome. So they don't really know what cold weather is at this point in the season. I'm going 16 to 10 Steelers taking the under one touchdown. Don't know who scores it. Chris Boswell does his thing. Um, and it is just a grinder on Christmas Eve. I would say it's like um, it's like Carolina, though. Like it's it's a one possession game that doesn't feel like a one possession game. It's in control for Pittsburgh pretty much all day, all night. And then they they send Christmas, you know, they send the fans home with a good Christmas right at midnight as everybody's getting to their car with icicles hanging out of their nose. Very excited. Very excited. And um, as always, if George Pickens is healthy, you take the over. It's the easiest <laughs> bet in football. It's the easiest bet in football. If somehow you have a you have a, some betting system where it allows you to take Derek Watt over on 0.5 rushing attempts, you put all the money in your bank account on over 0.5 rushing attempts. There is nothing that hits more than Derek Watt 0.5 rushing attempts. All right. We're heading out of here, guys. Thank you so much for everybody. Have a wonderful holiday from all of us here at all Steelers talk. We'll be back on Monday. I'm not sure if it'll just be me. I want to make sure everybody enjoys their Christmas, but enjoy the game. Stay warm. If you're out there, be safe in this weather. Peace.